0: Good morning, my name is Amelia and I'm the River Kids Director here at The River. I'm so glad that you could join us today. As we are preparing for the reopening of our church, we are going to take a short break from our current sermon series and talk about faith, about how faith can make a difference in our lives. So today, I want to talk specifically about being inclusive and belonging to each other. Like all of us, I have my story. I left my home country, Indonesia, when I was 15, with my sister, who was 13. Despite being the fourth most populated country in the world, not a lot of people seem to know about Indonesia. Indonesia is a beautiful country. We have over 17,000 islands. We have one of the largest biodiversity on Earth, with hundreds of tropical rainforests, volcanoes, beaches, gas, oil, copper, gold, and of course, coffee. It is the largest Muslim majority country in the world, but also one that is democratic. Life was generally safe and peaceful for most people. However, having been born as a minority, there were times when things felt uncomfortable and unwelcoming. For example, within days of moving into a new neighborhood, we had gravity and writings all over the side of our house with words like Christian and Chinese, as if they were dirty words. When I visited other schools, sometimes I would be asked questions like, where are you from? What are you? Which were really confusing to answer. My family only spoke Indonesian. We wore batik and we ate nasi goreng. Um, I even sang songs with native dialects. Everything we did was Indonesian. But somehow, we always felt like misfits. The Asian financial crisis in 1997 caused an economic meltdown in the country, which disrupted the political landscape and led to civil unrest and riots among the different groups in the country for many years after. So those uncomfortable moments became aggressive, even violent at times, to the point my parents decided to send away their daughters out of the country. We first settled in Singapore and then continued to England for our education before I eventually came here to the United States. We were fortunate to be able to leave and take refuge. However, I realized that the feeling of exclusion and not quite belonging was not specific to location. It seems to happen to many people everywhere. Human beings are always in continual evolution, right? We want to be better than our previous generation and are always in competition with each other. It is good to cultivate our gifts and talents because to grow is part of being human. The Bible talks a lot about growing, a mustard seed that turns into a big tree, how we are branches and Jesus is divine, how we are to go and produce good fruits. So I believe that God is moving us forward God is progressive. However, the same desire to succeed often are the same ones that cause great chasm in the world. The strong, the beautiful, the intelligent, and the capable are magnified and glorified, whereas the weak, the vulnerable, and the odd ones are often put aside. Conflicts happen between nations, ethnic religions, and many other groups because of fear. Jean Fany, a theologian and philosopher, the founder of Léauche, a man who inspires the world, and received numerous awards and honors through his work with people with intellectual disabilities, wrote that fear is the basis of our prejudice and exclusion. He categorizes different causes of fear First is fear of dissidents, fear of those who seem to threaten the existing order. These are people who have a vested interest in the maintenance of that order, frequently money and power, or the need to control others and feel superior to them. Second, fear of difference. We all want to belong to groups of like-minded creatures, those of the same culture or goals and interests. We feel safe together, but those who are different disturb us. Fear of failure. Fear of feeling helpless and unable to compete. We had to be a success. We had to prove our worth or be right. Fear of loss and change. It is easy to give a few dollars to a homeless person. It is more difficult to give What is necessary to maintain our own standard of living, where is status, power, money, even relationships. Fear makes us exclude people and prevents us from truly seeing people as valuable human beings. Even with justification of being biblical, for centuries the church or the people of God have excluded other races, other nations, the lepers, the lames, the slaves, the women, the children, the poor and the underclass, the immigrants, the divorced, the LGBTQs, those in the other side of the political spectrum, those who support this and that. There's an endless list of those whom we may exclude, and every one of us, we may be sure, is on someone's list. When Jesus came, when God became a human being. That is God being inclusive. That is God affirming us. When Jesus walked the earth in human form, teaching, feeding, touching, healing, all kinds of hunger and hurts, that is Jesus demonstrating that there's nothing dirty or foreign about us to Him. Even more, Jesus invites us to join Him in solidarity with those who are excluded. The Bible says, Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Many people know how to be kind and generous. It is good to set up a charity for the homeless to build special schools or hospitals. It is necessary to welcome those who have been excluded at our church and organizations and let them participate like we do. There are a lot of rooms and ways to love others. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now Jesus was more than just being kind and generous. Jesus ate at our table. Jesus stayed at our homes and drank the water from our wells. Jesus' unconditional love is about being open and vulnerable submitting himself to us, to look at us, not with a feeling of superiority, but with the eyes of respect, even to those, especially to those who are excluded. Jesus affirms our gifts and our worth. Jesus receives from us and becomes our friends. It seems to me to genuinely love like Jesus does imply a couple of things. First, we have to recognize our fears. Fear always seeks an object or scapegoats. Tax collectors like Zacchaeus were not exactly popular people in those times. They might have cheated or ran scams so people hate and avoid them. If you are someone who prides yourself in morality, you do not want to be associated with sinners. If I pride myself in my intellectuality, I may judge others by the same credentials. If I value money or power, I may have vested interest in securing my position. We could even boast ourselves of being a charitable person and start measuring people by their capacity to give. To love unconditionally, we need to be aware of our own insecurities so that our eyes can see and value people beyond their capacity to think and perform. Number two, stay and connect with those who we do not normally interact with. Jesus did not just preach about connection. Jesus asked to stay at Zacchaeus' home or more like invited himself to his house. Jesus humanized Zacchaeus. Jesus made him less threatening to those around him and probably made those people less scary to Zacchaeus. True inclusivity allows an exchange of life to happen. It's not enough to just welcome people through our doors without embracing their participation and allowing ourselves to receive from them. When our church decided to become inclusive of the LGBTQs, it was a risky and vulnerable decision. It was not to widen our market or to be on trend or current, although it is important for faith to be relevant, but because it was the call of the heart. To be inclusive is in character with Jesus. Our church may have lost more than just a few people because of that decision. But, oh, I wonder. I wonder if we may have revealed new ways of being and walking together as Christians. Working with children and river kids has brought me into the world of simple relationships, of fun, and of wonders. Adults like us would like to believe that we are smarter and stronger and that it is our job to train and guide children out of their unruly ways. Well, what if for less than two hours on Sundays we see children as our equals, As people who can teach or show us something? Excluding the children could mean we are missing out on their gifts missing out on learning and exploring new ways of seeing and thinking. As the world is slowly coming out of a global pandemic and we are relearning how to relate to each other again, this is a good time to explore the different ways we do church and community. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should volunteer with the River Kids or River Youth, although that would be wonderful. I am suggesting that if each one of us, with our capacity, our gifts, and our needs, opens our hearts to those who are different, to give and to receive life from each other, our societies would change. This is how faith makes a difference in our lives and our world Jesus said that the kingdom of God is among us and it's like a banquet for all people. So instead of being known as a group of people who puts up walls, who constantly make judgment on who's in and who's out, would it be nice if Christians are known as people who demonstrate new ways of giving and receiving, loving and living together, kind of like Jesus. As always, I have a couple of wondering questions for you to end my sermon. I wonder, in what ways have I been excluding people in my heart? I wonder what my gifts are for others and what are my needs? I am grateful for having the opportunity to speak to you today. I would love to continue chatting with you, so please join me in the discussion room after the service. Have a wonderful Sunday.